Hope you're having a great time. With that, um, Pastor Mark, come on up. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, just a quick uh, word about that luncheon that's coming up. It's about how to have a relationship with God. Uh, what a crazy thing that you have to teach people how to have a relationship with God. Sadly, a lot of us have a relationship with church or maybe some other Christians, sometimes rules and regulations and law, and we don't really know how to be with God or find his presence. So this luncheon is an opportunity. It's, it's not for our church specifically. It's, it's sort of for the, the region. Some pastors are coming and staff people that want to go through this course. So the luncheon's an introduction to the course, and then the course will start thereafter. But we thought we'd give you guys a chance, too. If you've never taken this material, it is in the category of life-changing. At least some of you will know that and tell you that. I know it was for me, and I know it was for Shelley. So that's what that is all about. So um, you see this thing I'm wearing? Yeah, brand new. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think it makes me look like a sportscaster. <laughs> and frankly, deep inside, there's always been a sportscaster screaming to get out. So if this uh, sermon sounds like the fourth quarter with two minutes left and a touchdown separating the two teams, that's the spirit of it. it it's kind of this, this kind of excitement. So... Prepared to be overwhelmed and excited. We're starting a new series today. It is called The God Who Knows You. And it's wonderful. When I was thinking about this, I got caught up in this idea. The God Who Knows Your Name. Have you ever noticed that there's a whole lot of naming going on in the Bible? God is naming things. And interestingly, he's renaming people. New names? What's the significance of that? What does it mean? What's it about? William Shakespeare said, A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. That's true for roses. Is it true for people? Is there any significance in your name? What's the deal with God and names? Remember Adam and Eve? He brought Adam in front of all creation and he said, I want you to name the animals and whatever you name them, that's what they will be. In the ancient Near East, to name something was to exercise dominion over it. It was what the commander would do. When cities were conquered, his history determines when these events happened because many of these cities had gates and beside the gates they would have the name of the last king who founded the city or who conquered the city. But when it got conquered by a new guy, they'd scratch out that guy's name and they'd put a new name in there. So you could tell how many uh, kingdoms had, had uh, dominated over this city by the number of times it had been scratched out and replaced. It was a sign of exercising dominion. God renames people. There's a whole tradition in the Bible of God renaming people, and we're not talking about nicknames. These names all have significance. Can any of you think of the first one? Give me an Old Testament renaming. 
Abram to Abraham. That's my first one. (laughs) Doggone it, this guy's sharp. Abram to Abraham. Small change, Abram to Abraham, big meaning. Abram means exalted father or patriarch. It's a term of respect. But Abraham means the father of many nations. So God is reminding Abraham of his promise to bring from him many descendants. Now what's interesting about this is when God renamed him, this is the fourth repetition of the promise that Abraham would be the father of many nations. God has already said this to him three times before God renames him and says, now I'm calling you the father of many nations. I promised you that you would be the father of many nations. That was years before God renamed him. This is the fourth time God has had to repeat this promise to Abraham. Why did God have to repeat this promise? Why did Abraham have to hear it again? Age. Guys, he's almost a hundred. And God says, the children are all out, right? Yeah. God says, you're going to have sex with your wife and you're going to have a baby. And Abraham's thinking, "Uh, it's been a long time, Lord. I'm not sure everything's going to work according to your design. This is not an easy thing. You're asking of me, Lord. Well, come on, come on. Sarah's long past child rearing. Oh, she's, she's so old that when she overhears this promise, she starts laughing like, oh, you've got to be kidding. Him? Him? I don't think that's going to work. See how much faith it had to take? Yeah, so... Um, God has to go so far to get this into Abraham's head so Abraham can have faith and believe it. He has to go so far as to rename him. So when he calls him Abraham, he's reminding him over and over and over again. Every time you think of yourself with this new name, you have to think of this promise. And that's what it, I guess that's what it took. The name change is a permanent reminder to Abraham of God's promise, which is yet to be fulfilled. If he's going to have faith, he's going to have to have faith every day. And he's going to get it from his new name. Give me another one. Old Testament name change. His wife, right? Okay, but... uh, Number two... I don't think it's necessary that I teach this stuff. Clearly, you've all got it. So I want to talk about my childhood. (laughs) Yeah, 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 you'd like that, wouldn't you? Sick man. Jacob to Israel. Jacob's story, remember? He wrestled with God through the night for God's blessing. Have you ever had to wrestle through the night for God's blessing? I've had to wrestle through the night for God to get through the night. That happens, unfortunately, far too often in my life. But you're asking for the blessing. You're asking for the presence of God. You're asking for the peace of God. You're asking for what you need to carry on. 
And he wrestled with God all night, walked away with a damaged hip, but he walked away with the blessing. And God changed his name to Israel. Israel means one who contends with God and wins. His name change became a constant reminder of the blessing of God that he had received. Something he'd need to remember in his life as his life played out because it didn't go smoothly. But this name change is a reminder. You contended with me and you received my blessing and every time you think of yourself and every time you hear this name, you will remember that fact. You're going to need it. You're going to need to remember this because life is hard and it's easy to forget. Okay, let's do a New Testament one. Simon, stop it. You know, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that he hacked into my computer and read this thing before I even wrote it. Yeah, we're going to do that one too. But let's just do Mark's first. Let's just do Mark's first because he's always right. Let's just do that. (laughs) Okay, let's do Simon to Peter. Now, what does Peter mean? You all know, what does Peter mean? What's that word? Rock. You are my rock. He promised Simon that he would become the rock upon which Jesus would build the church. So he calls him rock. Do you think that might be helpful to Peter when we consider that he was the disciple that renounced Jesus three times? Do you think it ever crossed his mind that maybe I just disqualified myself? The guy that God's going to build, Jesus is going to build his church on, and he's the first one to mess up big time. And actually renounce Jesus. But there's a promise when he was renamed. The renaming is a promise. You will be the rock. You are now the rock I'm going to build my church on. You ever felt like you did something so stupid you disqualified yourself from God's blessing? Or something so stupid you feel like he's not going to use me anymore? I'm a screw-up. I'm a loser. And if he changed your name and started calling you victorious, faithful one, friend of God, my child, and he changed your name to where every, every time you thought of yourself, you got this new name, do you think it might help. Do you ever need a reminder that God hasn't forgotten your name? Pretty much, yeah. And as life gets tougher, the season that we're in, the world that we're living in, it's going to become harder and harder to remember the blessings that haven't come yet, that are promised.
Here's an interesting one, and this starts to get real personal for each one of us. Can you think of another renaming that's going to take place, has taken place, for every one of us? It's a renaming in the Bible. Every one of us gets a new name. Revelation 2.17. He says, For those that have persevered in their faith, a new name known only to the one who receives it. God whispers something to your heart, to your mind, which is his promise to you. He's renamed you. He doesn't see you the way you see yourself. He sees you through the new name. And he wants to remind you of it. And here's the sad thing. Many of us don't know the new name yet. We're still seeing ourselves through the old me, not the new me. That's going to change for many of us. That's going to change this morning before we leave this room. I'm certain of it. So the first thing he does is renames people. But the second thing he does in that renaming and even beyond it is he speaks a new identity or characteristic to each one of us. A new identity or a new characteristic about ourselves that he is developing and building into us. An angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and addressed him as addressed him as mighty warrior. Do you remember this story? It's kind of humorous. Angel appears, calls him mighty warrior, and Gideon's like looking around to see who's standing behind him. Like, who's that guy talking to? Because he's not talking to me. I'm not a mighty warrior. And then he starts, Gideon's reaction is to remind the angel of all the trouble that Israel's in. What a mess life is. Mighty warrior. And, 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 it is, and uh, Gideon starts complaining like, who's going to save us? This is just an absolute mess. This is complete chaos. None of the stuff you promised has come true. He really, I guess he feels free in that moment to be himself. Because he's kind of pathetic. You wouldn't say this is a mighty warrior and you wouldn't say here's a guy full of faith. You'd say here's a guy full of whining and complaining. Hey, he reminds me of me. How God hasn't helped them. His reaction was pure doubt. There was not a shred of faith in his reaction. He didn't see himself as a mighty warrior. And the angel tells him now go save Israel. Oh, I can get that done by noon. What are we going to do this afternoon? He still doubts. He doubts so much, he asks for a sign. You've got to do a miracle. You've got to do a miracle. You've got to break the laws of nature to convince me that, you, that, that this is real and that you're really going to do this. So do this trick with the fleece. And what does God do? You little worm, how long must I put up with you? Here I am, an angel of the Lord, speaking directly to you, and that's not good enough for you? Now I got to do a magic trick with the fleece? 
you make me sick. I'm changing my mind. I'll go find somebody else, oh mighty loser of God. I rename you loser of God in a mighty way. No, okay, I'll do it. And that's not enough. It's not enough. He does a full-on break the laws of nature miracle, and Gideon goes, could you do it again? <laughs> yes, yes, I will do it again. For you, I will do it again. God doesn't even chew him out for being the great mighty doubter. He just does it. He gives him what he needs to believe that he's been renamed Mighty Warrior. And he became the Mighty Warrior that God called him to be. As we've already seen, Jesus renamed Simon to Peter in order to forever remind Peter of his purpose in Jesus' infant church. His name is also his purpose. When God renames you, he doesn't just rename you for a change of identity. He renames you for a change of your purpose. He's calling you to a place of significance in the administration of his kingdom here and now on earth. You're not a passive observer. You've been renamed for a purpose and your purpose is often caught up and tied up in your name. You guys, any of you guys know who Graham Cook is? Okay, I was doing a, um, playing in a, a worship band for a conference that Graham did in Canada many years ago. And one of the things he did was we had some time, so he prophesied over the band members. And the prophecy he gave to me was really interesting. He said, you're a man of peace. You pursue peace. But when war comes, you change and you become very mighty and very, and very aggressive. And it's good. And I thought, I hate conflict. I avoid conflict wherever possible. And I crave peace in all of my relationships. But when it comes time to fight, a warrior rises up inside. And man, I mean, it, it's just been true over and over again. That word was about identity. That word was renaming. And Mark means warrior. It's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing. He reminded Peter of his purpose. And he promised Peter a new strength of character which he desperately needed. After his denial of Jesus, and that brought about real humility, Peter went on to become the strong leader that the church needed in its time of persecution. Now here's a really wonderful thing. This is one of my favorite things that Jesus ever did. He renamed the guys, the crew. He said, I don't call you blank anymore. I call you blank. What did he say? Servants. I don't call you servants anymore. Friends. I call you friends. 
We've gone beyond that. You don't work for me, you work with me. Is he your friend? Are you his friend? Do you know him that way? Or are you still just working for him? See, he's renaming them, but he's not just renaming them, he's renaming all of us. We don't work for him, we work with him. Our primary identity is not servant. Our primary identity is friend and child of God. Of all the titles that the creator of the universe could have used to relate to us as humans, think of, think of all the titles. King of kings, Lord of lords, creator, timeless one, dweller in eternity. Lord of lords, king of kings. The self-existent one, I am that I am. All the ways he could have related to us. And which word did he choose? Father. And you're my child. Guys, that's one of the classic, most wonderful renamings in the whole Bible. Because it changes everything for us. Changes everything. I'm not calling you servants. I'm calling you friends. He wants something far more intimate than that you work for me. When he calls us his friends, he's reminding us of our new nature because, in fact, we're more than his friends. We're his children. We share in God's spiritual DNA. We are being transformed because he calls us father. He calls himself father. He calls us children. Now here's the cool thing. He's already done this. He has already transformed you into his child. Do you know it? Do you walk in that awareness? Do you understand the love and the passion he has for you as his child, that's your birthright. It belongs to you. It's already been accomplished. But do you need to be renamed so you can be reminded of that fact? See, we're not striving to become his children. We're already his children. So there's no need to strive. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All of this tells us that God uses names and words strategically. It isn't just names, it's, it's words. He does this with descriptive words. When he calls us, he calls us to what we're either going, we either are now or are going to be. Okay. Going to end with some stories. Three really interesting stories of God doing just this. And some of you have heard these stories before, but they're so good that those that haven't heard them really need to hear them. The first one is the cat and the bear. How many of you heard the story of the cat and the bear? Oh, good. Not very many. All right. So this was like, gosh, 30, 30 years ago up in Canada. 
And our church had experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was very dynamic, very powerful. And on Sunday nights, we had a, a time of training where we would train people in the things of the Spirit. We would practice the spiritual gifts, particularly the supernatural gifts. So I was teaching on how the Lord communicates to us and how to pay it. And this is going to happen in the Abiding Prayer series, by the way. We're going to get into this. But it was how to listen to the Lord and the ways, the unique ways that he communicates to us. And one of the ways we started with was mental pictures, seeing something in the mind's eye. And how God will use these mental pictures from time to time to communicate something. So we had, I don't know, maybe 40 probably 40 or 50 people in the room. And we, I said, we're gonna, I'm going to explain this whole thing with mental pictures, mental images, and then we're going to try it. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and give us images, and then we're going to test it and see if the image you get means anything to anyone in the room. And if it does, you guys are going to pair up and you're going to get to pray for that person. So it's very practical and, and a real nice built-in test as to whether it's accurate or not. Well, the first one, some guy said, I, I see in my mind's eye this big fancy desk and there's a, there's a guy sitting at the desk and on the desk, you know in the cartoons where there's a bag of money, it's like a leather bag like this and then it's tied with a, with a little thong thing and it's got a dollar sign on it, like the bag of money. He said, I see this like bag, cartoon bag of money on this desk. And uh, he described it, and I said, does this mean anything to anyone in the room? And a guy at the back, he was with one of the major engineering firms in the world. He was one of the world's leading effluence engineers. Um, And he put up his hand, and he said, uh, this was a Sunday night, he said, on Tuesday, my company had thousands and thousands of employees around the world. We're going for a major financing with the bank. If they don't approve and we don't get it, thousands of our employees will be laid off and out of work. So it's a big deal. So I said, okay, bag of money, mental picture, go pray with him for this financing on Tuesday. So these really cool connections were being made. And uh, there was a new new lady, like, um, say, MJ, you'll be the new lady. And Miss Brenda, you'll be Joy. And you'll be Laurel. Anyway, so there's the new lady. Never seen her before. And people are, people are, you know, getting connections and off they go. And then Joy, Miss Brenda, says, well, uh, I didn't want to share this because it's crazy, but I saw a big brown bear standing up on two legs. Big brown bear. I'm running the meeting. Does a big brown bear mean anything to anybody here? Like, good luck with that, right? Probably not going to happen. So there's dead air. But she tried, right? I mean, you got to try. No risk, no gain. So then Laurel says, well, I wasn't going to say anything, but since Joy just said bear, I saw a cat sitting there. Does cat mean anything? Does a cat mean anything? To... Dead air. So people are pairing up, and pretty soon there's only a few people left. There's the new lady, and there's Joy, and there's Laurel. So I said to the new lady, 
uh, are you here for prayer? And she said, yeah. And I said, would you like some of us to pray for you? She said, yes. So I said, Bear and Cat, like Joy and Laurel, would you please go pray for the new lady? So off they go. About 40, 45 minutes later, Joy comes back absolutely lit. I mean, she is like so excited. And I said, she said, I got this is unbelievable. I mean, you won't, this is incredible. This is, this is, I've never seen anything like this. What is it? The woman that we went to pray for, she's Russian. Her last name in Russian is Bear. And the nickname her parents gave her was Cat. Come on, guys. Like, come on, guys. That's pretty cool. Like, you've got to admit, that woman came for prayer. And God named her supernaturally and prophetically. Do you think it affected her faith in receiving what she was prayed for? Do you think maybe that would be an encouragement to her? I walk into a room full of complete strangers and God names me. Do you think she will ever forget that? She will never forget that. You don't forget things like that. They become part of your identity and your understanding of God. Isn't that the coolest thing? Okay, the next one took place in Houston quite a few years later. I was teaching the very same class of how do we hear the Lord, how do we, how do we see things of the Spirit, and how do we test these things out. And I, I was doing um, mental pictures and just random thoughts, like just words that might come in or sentence or some, some just thought that you usually, you, you usually forget about it and think it means nothing. Why did I think that? I don't know. Forget about it. But let's pay attention for a few minutes and let's give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to do this. And I taught them on how to do it. Then I said, I want you to pair off. There was a lot of people there, several hundred people there. I want you to pair off with the person in this room you know the least. Find someone. If you can, find someone you've never met. If you can't, find the person you know the least. And when you come together, I don't want you to say anything to each other. Just sit down together and be still. And then we're going to pray and ask the Lord to give you something for that person. And then you're going to give it. Maybe take turns if each of you got something. And when we're all done with that, I'm going to give you a chance to come up here if you really believe you heard from the Lord. Gave him the criteria for making that judgment. You can come up and you can tell us what you think the Lord said through that person. Make sense? Okay, so people start, I said girls with girls, guys with guys. People start pairing up all over the room, spreading out to get quiet places. There's this, it was an amphitheater, really sloped. So there was this kid up near the doors and he was just standing like with his back to the wall. He'd been standing up listening. He came in really late, never found a place to sit. And he's up there, and there's this kid down here in the front row off to the right, and he's by himself, and everyone else is pairing up. So I said, hey, you up there by the door, why don't you pair up with this, this guy down here? They're about the same age. Why don't you pair up with this guy down here? So they come down, no introduction, just because they were late to the game. Everyone else was pretty much getting into prayer and listening. So they just sit down and... Listen, 
whatever happens, happens. So then we get to the reality check, which is really exciting. What did he say or what did she say to you that you really believe was the Lord? And why do you believe it was the Lord? How does it fit the circumstances of your life? That's how we test, test it. Is it working in reality? So people are, are, are telling their stories and some really, really... One, one girl said, um, one lady said, she said she saw me on an airplane, a big jetliner heading south, and the word fear was flashing underneath the airliner in the sky. Crazy mental picture. I said, why do you think that's the Lord? Do you think that's the Lord? She said, absolutely. I said, why? She said, my mother in Chile is dying and the family wants me to be there, but I have a terrible fear of flying. And I can't get to, I can't get to making the reservations to go, but I know I want to go. I said, did she pray for you? She said, yeah. I said, tell me about the fear. She said, it's gone. That's cool. So we go through a bunch of people. It's really, really good. And then these guys down here, they put their hand up. Yeah, 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 we got one, we got one. So I I said, come on up. First guy, I said, "Uh, what did he say to you that you think was from the Lord? And he said, just one word. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a loser. What, what, what What one word could possibly be so clear that it's the Lord, right? So, okay, we, we've had some good ones. Now we're going to have a bad one. That's my faith. So I said, well, what was the one word? He said, John. I said, well, why is that significant? And he said, that's my name. I said, did you introduce yourself to him? He said, no, we didn't have time and you told us not to. I said, so he just gave you your name. He said, yeah. I said, okay, so why is that significant? Now listen. I said, why is that significant? He said, for the last three or four months, I've been believing that God's forgotten my name. Isn't that cool? But it gets better. Wait, you also get a 29-piece Teflon-coated cook set. Wait, you also get the secrets of the universe and a Jinsu knife which cuts through the chains of hell. So I said, did you get something for him? He said, yeah. I said, come up and, come up and tell us what he got for you. He came up. I said, what did he get for you? He said, one word. I said, what was it? He said, Michael. I said, what's your name? He said, Michael. Guys, this is the revelation that came to me afterwards. And I've never forgotten that incident because it's transformed my understanding of the gift of prophecy this way. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I don't care how deep your faith is. I don't care about any of that. There are times in your life where you begin to believe that God has forgotten your name and you need to be reminded. And God called those guys out by name. Isn't that the coolest thing? Okay, here's another one. It's my wife's story. This is Shelley's story. Shelley was adopted. Before she was adopted at birth, her birth mother 
had to sign and fill out a birth certificate and name her. So her birth mother named her Shelley. And that went on to her record and it was sealed. The adoptive parents had already decided they were adopting a little girl. And that little girl's name was going to be Jennifer. She comes, the adoptive mother, Beth, comes and looks at the baby and says, she's not a Jennifer, she's a Shelley. There were no Shelleys in their family background. There were neither in her adoptive father or her adoptive mother. There's never been a Shelley. But her mother gets this sense. She's not a Jennifer. She's a Shelley. There were three ways in those days that they spelt Shelley. Her birth mother spelled it S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. Her adoptive mother spelled it S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. Exactly the same. So we start dating and falling in love. You should. You know, kind of go, they kind of go together. And uh, I'm over there and there's this card on a shelf and it's Shelley and then it's the Hebrew root underneath and I start reading this thing and I said who made this for you she said it, nobody it's just a card it's someone gave it to me it's my name the Hebrew root and what it means I said these characteristics under here they're all you like, I thought somebody made it up because they knew her real well, and they just put in, you know, this is, this is what her name means. It's who she is. And when she saw her birth certificate and found it, that her birth mother had given her that name, and God saw to it that she kept that name because that's who she is. So here's the deal. God wants to speak your new name to you. He wants to speak something about you to you that is his intention and his purpose for the rest of your life. He wants to speak the characteristics of the new creation that he is making you to be. Shall we give him an opportunity to do it? Are you up for it? Okay. Close your eyes and get still. And let's invite him to do that. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to each one of us? Holy Spirit, please tell us what the Father 
wants to name us. What characteristic does he want to speak into us? What new identity do you want me to hear today? What's my new name? Now pay attention to whatever comes to your mind, whether it's a mental image, whether it's a Bible verse that pops up, whether it's a phrase or a name. Pay attention. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? Something's come to you. Raise your hand. Lord, what do you want to say? Who am I to you? What do you see? What are you speaking into me? What are you making me to be? What's that mean to you? What's the Lord saying to you? Let's have a little sharing here. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What's this name? thing for you. You're first. So I'm going to repeat this for the for everybody else who didn't hear that. 
the word that came was genuine. And uh, you kind of tried to get it to fill out with more or whatever, but it just kept coming as genuine. Genuine. I don't know you really well, but I would say that's pretty accurate. It's, it's who you are. What you see is what you get. Right on. Are you comfortable being genuine? Excellent. Okay, Kenny. Lawrence. Lawrence. Really? It's your brother's name. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you have in common? What do you have in common with your brother? What traits do you share with your brother? These bad ones. (laughs) (laughs) What are the good traits you share with your brother? You know, something we could affirm and bless. A great, (laughs) no, a great family, closeness, brothers, two sisters. We just really tight, really close. So you're a good brother. Yeah. You know, in our church, you've always been a good brother. You have faithful brother. Thank you. Always helpful. Always available. Always positive. What else? Yeah. So let's let's do it with the microphone so everybody hears it and it goes on the record. Every time you do this, I most of the time do not get anything. I really don't. I don't want to lie to myself and say, "Oh yeah," you know. Don't want to make something up. Right. So this time, I really like Josiah. So he popped up with his brown hair, right? <laughs> and then I've just been speaking to a friend of mine just the last two days. And he's Joey. I love, I love that name, Joey. You know, it just slides real nice. Yo, Joey. You know? <laughs> and then Joseph. But Joe, after that was Joe and then Joseph. So these four things came up. And Joseph was really the equals to Joseph. Is that what he's saying to you? Yes. He's saying you're Joseph. He's saying I'm Joseph. That's a pretty big compliment. And uh, I, I, you know, cheated and I just Googled Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) What did you find? Uh, It's God who gives. Oh, God will give. That's you. You're a giver in every way. Your giver. And who runs our benevolence ministry in the church? I wonder, could that be the giver? Could that be your purpose, calling? That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Anybody else? What's he naming you? What's he affirming? What's, what character is he pointing to? Runner, like forerunner, like 
running after him. Running the race. Paul. Cool. Yeah. Um, so my name is Aurelia, and it means goddess of the dawn, and that's what he was kind of telling me, but I was like, that's weird. But then this one song, I don't even know all the words to, but it's just call me angel in the morning. Yeah. Kept coming to my head. So to me, he was telling me I'm his angel. A, I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs from the 60s. Oh, yeah. Just call me angel of the morning. How does that affirm you? Um, Use the mic. He's just reminding me of how he sees me and that I'm forgiven of everything. I'm an angel. Maybe your husband would like to affirm that. (laughs) It'd be really smart right now to say, yes, honey, you are an angel. (laughs) Okay, who else? Thank you, angel. Anybody else? What's the Lord? Jen, what did the Lord say to you? Yes, yes, you. Yeah, you're on the spot. Well, you put your hand up. You can expect to be asked. I did not put my hand up. <laughs> I looked at him and I nodded um, because the Lord did, um, didn't give me a name, but he reminded me how he created me, and that was pure and without deceit. And life has taken a, um, a lot of that away from me, and that has taken a beating, but the Lord has restored purity and... Um, lack of deceit in my life oh that's awesome that's great that was worth your tithe (laughs) anybody else Michael as in the angel look it up find out what it means it means who is like God That's good. So now we have to start calling you Michael. Chris Michael. Anybody else? Yeah. I was reminded years ago I was going through a real kind of battle with identity and um, adequacy and trying to be all things to all people. And I, I remember specifically being in the car uh, at in front of Enterprise. I was renting a truck for work and I was laying down in the car just crying out to God and really, really upset, just wondering where God was. And I get this text from an old friend, um, an, an older gentleman who moves in prophecy. And he texted me, and right at the right moment, right when I was crying out to God, he said, you are God's joy boy. (laughs) And and those who know me enough know that I like to laugh, and I like to have a good time, and I'm goofy. And 
You know, he says, you are God's joy boy, and I can hear the father, like you have surprise laugh, like caused him to surprise laugh, this big belly laugh in heaven. <laughs> and that, that image to me just broke me, but in the good way. I wasn't broken in the bad way before that. I just started crying in the good way because God saw me, and he affirmed what the gift that he gave me was a gift of joy, you know? So I was just, as we're standing here listening to all these testimonies, and I was just reminded of that. That's right. <laughs> JB. Joy Boy. Okay, why don't you, can you do I Will Change Your Name? Okay, there's a song that, that the Lord uh, reminded me of. And uh, I think um, God's going to sing it over you. While Josh sings it, God is singing this to you. So please take it as absolutely from the Lord, okay? So close your eyes and let's receive what the Lord wants to give. and 
times as you need to, please remind me of who I am. Please remind me of what you're building into me. Please remind me of my purpose and my belonging. Please remind me, Lord, of the words you're speaking over me, which is my new identity and who I am and who I am becoming in you. Ask him as many times as you need to hear that. He'll never get tired of telling you the truth that you need to hear. And you don't have to apologize for asking a lot. Okay? seeks my face. Maybe the two go together. Maybe the more we seek his face, the more we overcome. Okay, get out. If you'd like to, uh, to kind of extend if need, it. If you need prayer, prayer team, why don't you come up? Let's pray for anyone that needs anything or maybe needs to have some of this reinforced. So if you've got any need at all, come on up and get prayer. 